<laughs> I'd have my phone with me, I might have held it up with the light on. <laughs> so, welcome to North Point. I do hope you guys have had a good week. If you want to take out your message notes, we're going to finish up today out of the Purpose Driven Church. I hope that some of you guys have learned some of the reasons we do things the way we do around here. And uh, we're going to uh, finish up with something, and in my opinion, it was, as we learning, it could be life-changing. I don't use that in words like, in, in the same spirit as my daughter does sometimes, a, a, a latte could be life-changing, or a, or a hamburger could be life-changing. This word from God I'm going to give you today could be life-changing. I believe that. I'm going to tell you what the secret to true greatness is. We've been seeking God's purpose and uh, learning about how he uses us for his purpose through the church. This week we're going to be talking about serving others which is the secret to greatness. Jesus said this in Matthew 23, the greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest servant to ever walk this planet was Jesus Christ. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ was the greatest servant Jesus Christ had the greatest impact. If you want to have a great impact, if you want your life to have a great impact, it has to come through service. It has to come through service. And this is true in every area of our life. You don't have to be in church to realize how important it is to serve people. If you're going to be a great boss, you got to serve people. If, if you're going to uh, be a great business, you have to learn to serve the customer and serve the people that work for you. And I hesitate to bring this up, but it, 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 I want to, I'm trying to reiterate how important it is that it just doesn't uh, apply to the church. Inc. Magazine says you got to form the mission of your company around how your business will serve others. Harvard Business Review says learn to be a servant leader. Forbes Magazine says customer service is the new marketing. The best servant leader that ever was, the greatest example is Jesus Christ. The greatest. And, and, and you and me as a church we are to be an example of service for our community and our, our world. Greatness starts with serving. But in talking to some, some of us, you know, and, and I had the wrong impression for a long time uh, that, that many of us have the wrong picture of a servant, and, and Jesus wants to clear that up in his word. The Bible clears that up, and we're going to talk about that. And he gives us a picture of what a servant really should look at. But some of us think that a servant, uh, when we think of one, is, is weak. 
and somebody that doesn't have anything else to do. They have no vision. They have no energy and, 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 and no ambition. Jesus is clear about what he says. You remember we talked about a few weeks ago how Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to, so we wouldn't be a slave to anyone. He came to set us free. Uh, but he wants us to be a servant to everyone. Amen? There's a, there's a big difference between being a slave and, and being a servant. You see, you're willing to serve because you love. And Jesus wants to show us what a servant looks like. And, and so we're going to look at an experience that Jesus uh, went through and, and recorded in John chapter 13. And that uh, experience he had, had with his disciples. And uh, hopefully not going to keep you as long as I did the first service. And, 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 and we're, he gives us a picture of what it means to serve and what a servant looks like. Uh, he and his disciples had gathered in this room. Uh, to eat Passover meal together, well, we you know we call it among the church folks the upper room, and uh, and, and and Jesus knew what was going to happen the next day that he would be be killed, and so this is what we call the Last Supper, and and during the meal, Jesus does something to show what it means to serve others, and there's some things that you and I need to learn. From this example uh, that Jesus gave, and, and I want to pick—I want you to picture yourselves as as we read these words today, and, and, and put yourself in that position. And I believe it can be life-changing. I know it was for me, and, and I believe it can be for you. Because the greatness of, of serving others absolutely transforms your lives. It absolutely changes your life. Your life. As you serve others, your life will become significant. It will become significant. Five things we learn from Jesus real quick in his example. Number one, servants love. Servants love. Jesus loved these disciples. That's why he served them. John 13, 1 says, having loved his own who were in the world, he now, right at that word never, I, I, I found out in the, between the services, I messed that up. He now showed the full extent of his love. And he done this by serving them. Serving them. Not when he taught them. Not when he showed the miracles. He showed his love when he served them. When he served them. Ministry, which is service, it starts with motivation. And it has to be motivated by love. I'm going to tell you something, guys. There's some ministries that's not motivated by love. Sometimes you, you, your ministry, your service can motiv be motivated by guilt. You ever done something out of guilt? I do it. It can be motivated out of fear. Let me tell you something. If it's not motivated by love, it's not going to last. It's going to be short-lived. That service that you do is going to be, be short-lived. It's going to wear you down. It's going to wear you out. I mean, I love most of you. I'm just giving me an example here. And, and, and it took me a long time to really love people. Just being straight out honest. I don't know why God chose me to be pastor of this church. I didn't really like people. I didn't, and, you know, I like some, but I didn't, I didn't like them. As a whole. Yeah, I could just paint it as a whole. But now I love them. I love the differences in them. 
And, 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 and my thing is, if I hadn't fell in love with you, with people, last Sunday was, was my 21-year anniversary here. And I couldn't have served the Lord and you for 21 years if I didn't love you. Amen? And, 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 and if you serve out of guilt, if you serve out of fear, it's just not going to last. It, it, it's, it's not going to last. You've got to be motivated by love. Now, are we always motivated 100% by love? No. We're human. I mean, we're not divine like Jesus is. We got these, you know, as I was trying to think about this this week, sometimes we have a, a whole mess of conflicting motivations of, of why we, we do some things. So the question isn't, are we perfect? The question is, are we growing in the motivation of love? It took me 21 years to love you where I am right now. Are you growing toward that of loving people and, 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 and serving people? The more you're motivated by love, the more that you're, you're strengthened to serve. And the more you're strengthened to serve, the closer you get to true greatness. Amen? Does that make any sense? Motivated by love. Well, how do you grow in this, this motivation of love? Uh, where do you find it? John tells us this right here. This is important right here. We love because he first loved us. How do we grow? we got to remember, we love because he first loved us. It starts with his love. Don't try to start with your love. It ain't enough. It ain't enough. You, you know, you, you got to work on his love for, for your motivation. Because I'm telling you guys, just one speaking, his love gives us the freedom and the motivation to love other people. His forgiveness for our sins frees us to forgive others for their sins against us. Amen? I'm telling you it does. And then that sets us free from holding a, 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 a grudge against someone. Because I think of how much he loved me and forgive me for what I've done and, 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 and sometimes continue to do every once in a while. And it sure helps me forgive other people. Galatians 5.13 says, It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Don't y'all want a free life? Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love, and that's how freedom grows. You see, you and I can choose freedom by choosing to serve. You see, we can choose selfishness, or we can choose to serve. To serve one another in love. Guys, you may not always love what you're doing. But you and I need to love the people we're serving. I guarantee you when I talk to every ministry leader here and so many people, you don't always love what you're doing. But you're here. I guarantee you, old chick back there, don't always love coming in here to services and running the sound. But he loves you guys. He loves you guys. So you gotta love, we got to love the people that we're serving. And, and how does that mean in every day? 
Y'all know I got two kids, Luke and Sarah. Well, they're 26 and 22 now, but they ain't always been that old. I do not love dirty diapers. But I couldn't stand them being dirty on my kids. When my kids uh, pooped in their diaper, I didn't call for nobody else. I jumped in there and I changed them diapers. I, I, I got them clean. Smelling like that powder stuff. <laughs> Do you know why? It wasn't because I loved the diapers. It's because I loved my kids. See, I didn't love the chore. I loved the kids. When my dad was dying of throat cancer, And I had to wipe up the spittle at the doctor's office. On my hands and knees, people walking by me. I've seen you taking care of your aging parents. You don't clean up after them because you want to do that. You don't do things for them because you just, you just can't wait to do the chores and you can't wait to be inconvenienced. No, you do that because you love your mom. You do that because you love your dad. See, even if you don't like what you do, love the people. Love the people. The more you serve, the more you grow. And watch it bring greatness into your life. Love the people. The second thing is this. Servants know who they are. Servants know who they are. What I mean by that, servants have a strong sense of of identity they serve out of the confidence of knowing who they are they don't serve out of, to try to prove who they are or to, or to try to get someone else's approval servants know who they are and they serve out of that look at Jesus in John 13 Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. He's about to serve the disciples. I, I want you to see how, he, he, how Jesus done that and how he knew he, he was. He said, all things are under his power. Jesus knew that. He could have chosen to do anything, but he chose to serve. He knew that he came from God and that he was returning to God. And knowing that enabled Jesus to serve others at the moment of his greatest pressure. He knew that he would be beaten. He knew that he would be tortured. He knew that he would die an awful death. But knowing who he was, and his purpose for coming. And he was going to die, yet he served. Guys, I can tell you, folks who aren't confident of their identity don't make very good servants. They serve out of insecurities. And they're always trying to prove to themselves something. 
They're always trying to get their approval from other people. I want to ask you if you're doing that. How's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? To serve well, you've got to listen well to what God says about you. And then let that develop your identity. Now I'm 58 years old. Been your pastor for 21 years. And Satan constantly attacks me in this area to try and to confuse me about my identity. So that I can, I, what I find out the reason what he's doing is, is so that I can focus on myself instead of looking around to see who, who, who has needs and serving them. So he wants to confuse me about who I am. I'm not talking about codependent here. I want, this, they're, they're two different things. Uh, a codependent is, 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 what is codependent? I put it here, doing something for someone else so that you, would, you could feel better about yourself. I'm not talking about that. No, I'm not talking about that at all. If you're doing that, you need to find your true identity. Serving is starting with the strength that God loves me and meeting needs and giving to others out of that strength. So I got to ask you, who are you? I'm talking to believers here. We kind of had a, who are you because of Jesus Christ? Who are you because of Jesus Christ? And then I want to talk to some folks who, who maybe are not believers that are here just kind of kicking the tires. And, and, and you've been here and you've been listening to us and you've been singing with us. Who could you be because of Jesus Christ? Who could you be? Now I want to tell you something. I wrote down a few things that I want to tell you who you are because of Jesus Christ. You're the light of the world. You're a child of God. You're a friend of Christ. You are adopted by God. You are an heir with Christ. That's who you are. You're God's dwelling place. You are God's workmanship. You are a new victorious creation. That's who you are. That's who you are. And don't you let Satan steal your identity by listening to what others say about you. Don't you let Satan steal your identity by your circumstances trying to tell you who you are. You are a blood-bought child of the king. That's who you are. That's who you are. Listen to God. Listen to his word. Servants know who they are. Number three, servants meet needs. Servants meet needs. If I'm serving, I'm meeting someone's needs. That's what I'm doing. If I'm serving, I'm meeting someone's needs. That's the core of ministry is to serve. When you choose to meet someone's needs in their life, Jesus, and this is what we're reading, Jesus met a need in the, light, uh, in the lives of these disciples. That very night, you know what that need was? Dirty feet. Dirty feet. He, he met this very need. 
No one was there to wash the disciples' feet. What I thought was interesting is you don't see what happens at church sometimes. You didn't see this happen. I've never read it in the Bible where this is what we're supposed to do. They didn't ask whose turn is it. We do that in church sometimes, though, don't we? Whose turn is it? It ain't my turn to do the toilet. When they saw all those nasty feet around there, they didn't say, whose turn is it to wash the feet? Jesus didn't look around and say, whose turn is it? It's not about turns in the Bible. It, it's about love. But let me tell you what else Jesus didn't do. We've even had people leave the church before. They told me, well, I want to serve, but nobody asked me. Jesus didn't wait until somebody asked him. He saw a need and he went to serve. I want to tell you, as Pastor North Point Church, I'm giving you the authority. If you see a need, go do it. Amen? You ain't got to ask nobody. You ain't got to go through no training. Unless you work with our kids, then you got to go through a check. But if you see a piece of paper on the ground, pick it up. If a commode needs flushing, flush it. If somebody needs hugging, hug them. If you see a need that needs to be met, meet it. John 13, 5. Next page. Over on the back side. After that, he poured water into a basin. You see, he didn't wait nobody to tell him to. And he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I love this part. But I also cried as I read it. My Lord and Savior, your Lord and Savior, King of the world, creator of the universe, is scrubbing 24 muddy men's feet. Can you imagine? 24. It didn't say 24, but it said 12, 12 people. And we didn't have no peg leg disciples, so I just done that. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to think of those feet. And what they might look like after walking everywhere. They didn't have no clippers. Oh, God. They don't tell them what they look like. Like a talon or something. But our Lord washed them. Our Lord didn't ask whose turn it was. Our Lord didn't even ask for no help. He just quietly saw the need and said, food's ready. All the other stuff is here, but everybody's got nasty feet. And he washed them. He just simply met the need. He's showing me and you what true ministry is. He's showing me and you what true greatness is. Is serving. I think he washed their feet for a couple of reasons. I believe one of the reasons they were just proud. They were proud people and nobody else. They weren't going to wash anybody else's feet. And I think the other reason he washed their feet was 
Her feet was just dirty. Her just feet was dirty. There was a need. Sometimes we just have a need. To wash feet, if you want to fill this in, to wash feet is to act to meet someone's need, someone's need. That's what it is. It's just to act to meet someone's needs. This wasn't a religious ceremony. There was a need. And that's ministry. That's what service is. It's, it's to meet a need. And if you've never served, served the church is, is a great place to begin to serve. Don't wait on, don't wait on somebody to call you. The simple choice to serve is the path to greatness. I guarantee you there's a pressing need right in front of every one of you. And maybe we're choosing to ignore. You might even say, well, I just ain't shaped to do that. that ain't, I, I, I'm an I'm a, I'm a exalter. Or I'm a teacher. I'm not wired that way. That's not in me. I'll let somebody else pick up the trash. There's a need crosses your path because the need needs to be filled. It doesn't matter how you're wired. It matters that, that you and I serve. So pick up the trash. Four. Servants serve imperfect people. Imperfect people. That's actually the only kind of people around here. We're all imperfect. That causes us to... Imperfect people fail and, and, and they disappoint us, don't they? So, so we're going to have to face that when we serve them. Imperfect people will let you down. Imperfect people will hurt you. Imperfect people will reject you. But we're called to serve imperfect people. The disciples were imperfect. The Bible tells us in, in, in Luke that when, when, when Jesus, part of the whole scenario up there was they were arguing about who was the greatest. Who was the greatest? It wasn't this, you see, when I first came to Christ, I thought of the upper room as this, this quiet, holy place. But the more I read about it, it wasn't Da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper where everyone posed. These guys knew something was up. And they wanted to know who was going to be number, number one right-hand man in heaven. They wanted to know who was the greatest. They were arguing. It wasn't an oil painting. It wasn't a quiet get-together. Remember, they all had muddy feet. No one was there to serve them. I wonder if Jesus didn't look at them and say, man, I've been with you for three years, and you still don't get it. No, he served them. 
He served. He didn't serve to get affirmations. He served because he loved them. He even served Judas. He even washed Judas' feet knowing that he would betray him. John 13, 2, the evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus washed his feet. People will fail you. They're going to fail you. They're going to disappoint you. But don't let that steal your joy of serving. He also washed Peter's feet. You know, and, 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 and even though Peter told him not to, I love old Peter. He, verses 8 and 9 said, No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you, your feet, you will have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but wash my hands and my head as well. You just got to love old Peter. He, 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 he always knew what Peter was thinking. He's so sure of everything. But yet he's so wrong. But God still loved him. Just like us. People will tell you that they will want to be served. People will tell you they don't want to be served. Serve them anyway. Serve them anyway. Number five, last one. You're going to get out of here. Servants are humble. Servants are humble. Humility is one of the keys. This wasn't a showy ceremony. This was a menial task, this washing of the feet. That's all it was. Jesus humbly chose to serve. You see, he didn't make a big show. He just took his garment off and took his towel and he just began to wash their feet. He just met the need. He just looked and everybody's feet were gnarly. And he met the need. Jesus humbly went to the cross the next day. Do y'all remember what kind of no, we didn't do what, what kind of ministry does God love? Humble ministry. I, I, I think I messed that up. What kind of worship is what? Wholehearted? Thank both of y'all for remembering that. This week I want to tell you what kind of ministry does God love, and that's humble ministry. Matthew 23, 11, 12 says, The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The greatest servants know that the greatest barrier to meeting the needs is a proud heart. That's the greatest barrier that you and I can have to meeting the needs of other people is a proud heart. And me and you, we got to deal with God on that. We got, we got to humble our hearts. And, 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 and we got to love people. If we're to be a, a servant, we can't serve with a proud heart. And the answer is humility. And, and C.S. Lewis wrote it, and, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but it says, 
the first step to humility is to understand that you're proud. The first step to humility is to understand that you're proud. And I say this all the time, and I don't know who said it, but humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Think more of other people. You value others by serving them. By serving them. When you think of service, think of humility. And don't think of it as something that's been, been taken from you. Think of it as something that's been given to you when you think of service. Now, Jesus has just washed their, their feet, and I want you to picture this as we read John 13, 12, and 15. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he looked at them. And he said, do you understand what I've done for you? He said, you called me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so. But that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He met the needs. He served the people. Guys, I believe after hearing that, that that you're going to have a need cross your path this week. Maybe you already have one. Where are you serving? What need are you serving? I want to encourage you as your pastor to take up your towel and serve them. If you're not serving, we have plenty of places here in, in ministry that, that, that you can serve. It's the pathway to greatness. Your small act of service your small act of service could be the greatest thing that you could do for your family. Could be the greatest thing that you could do for your friends, for your work, for your school. Greatness. This is what I wrote on my Facebook page. Greatness isn't about being noticed. It's about noticing other people. Do you get that? It's not about what we get. It's about what we give. Greatness isn't about being noticed. It's about noticing other people. Amen? Let me read you one last verse. Because of all I taught you, if you don't get this one, you'll leave here with nothing. John 13, 17, after he taught them this, Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Not enough just to talk about it. Not enough just to say it. Jesus said, if you really want to be blessed, go do them. Go do them. Go meet someone else's needs. Go serve someone out of love. Go do them. Don't just walk out of here with the knowledge now that you've learned. Stand with me and let's, let's praise our Lord and sing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. What a leader you are. A servant leader. 
One that always meets the needs of others. One that always thinks of us. Lord, Lord, you didn't even have a place to lay your head. Yet billions of people follow you today. You didn't have the latest in fashion wear. But there's piles of folks screaming and singing your name this morning. You didn't eat at the finest restaurants. Yet we call you Father. My Lord, please keep your hand on our church. Bring us people that we can serve, feet that we can wash, and folks that are hungry. Teach us to love like you do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.